Hello, and welcome to HBO Succession, the analysis of a toxic family system, with Mandy Friedman, licensed professional clinical counsellor, and Andrew, her brother. everyone, Mandy Friedman here, licensed professional clinical counselor, clinically certified domestic violence counselor, clinically certified trauma professional level two, and the creator of SNAP Survivors of Narcissistic and Abusive Personalities. We're back to talk about season two of Succession, and we're here with Andrew, my brother. Hi, Andrew. Hey, Mandy. I'm happy to be back, and we're finally in season two. We get to talk about Kendall today. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. Let's get started. At the beginning of season two, we join Kendall at a rehab facility and we find out that he's only been there 48 hours before the action starts. Yeah, dad swoops right in to scoop him up. He needs him to get back to work. And you can see that Kendall's just, you know, kind of not, wasn't expecting really to have to go back to work so quickly. But I think he's in Iceland, as a matter of fact. He's only been there for a couple of days. He's thinking he's going to have some time to recoup after everything that he's just been through. Uh, but actually, he has to get back to work. But he's been using drugs pretty regularly at this point. And as he goes into his first interview, you know, they're kind of piecing him, slapping him together, um, trying to get him up and going. And he says he needs a straightener. So... He still needs the drugs to be able to function. And even right before he starts the interview, his nose is bleeding. It's absurd. And it's clear that Kendall's not healed. We talked about it on the last episode is one of the ways to get out of, you know, and start to heal from a toxic dynamic, group dynamic or otherwise, is to get away from it. But he didn't get any time away, did he? No. And, you know, that... That yo-yo, up and down, roller coaster, go away, come here, casting people out, casting people out, and then pulling them back in is what Logan does best. And so here we go again. Now, Kendall would think that he would be completely ostracized, right? Like, so he feels lucky that Dad is still speaking to him. Daddy cleaned up the mess. Colin, the security person, helped him clean it up. And so Kendall's going to get away with it. Now he owes dad and Logan's not going to let him forget that. He's calling him into action immediately. Logan is ready to collect his due from, uh, from Kendall just a few days after, you know, uh, this favor supposedly was done. So Kendall becomes kind of a double agent for his father, almost like a corporate robot, you know, doing his bidding. So, we have an interesting situation that's a great example of this where he has to gut Volter. Volter is owned by Lawrence Yee, who also is on the board. Um, but you, you see Kendall sort of cozy up to Lawrence a little bit, and he starts talking to him about his business. He starts extracting information from him under the guise that Kendall really cares about you know, maintaining the structure of Volter, that he'll treat Volter with respect or, you know, that he wants to protect Volter against his father. Right. So he, he sits down and he's talking to him, but he's actually just extracting information because he swoops right in behind and takes 
Volter away from Lawrence E. And does it just as cold hearted and precisely as some sort of corporate assassin? The last time Lawrence had seen Kendall in between these two meetings that we see, Kendall had gotten the whole staff together and said, well, listen, they're trying to attack us. Let's get together. Let me get some ideas from you guys. You know what? A hundred ideas, 200 ideas, send them to me. I'll get some of these implemented and then maybe we can move forward and save this company. But the next time Lawrence sees him, he's stone cold. You know, uh, Kendall doesn't have any emotion anymore. He is the corporate robot and he tells Lawrence why he did this. And the reason is, is because my dad told me to. Exactly. And this is right around the time that Kendall does seem to have a lot of canned responses. He's saying, I saw their plan and I saw his plan and my dad's plan was better. Kendall is kind of this robot character for a good chunk of this season. But he does a few things where like his personality breaks through or he's just trying to do something to kind of like feel. And um, he steals something, right? Yeah, we noticed that he has a problem or he's using a coping behavior of petty theft. You know, he's um, putting candy in his pockets when he goes into a store. It's it's all little things. And I think one thing he just throws in the trash immediately, steals it and then throws it in the trash. And this is just a coping behavior. He's trying to take some kind of control back. He's maybe even getting a little bit of a high from it. But it's just bizarre when you're a billionaire and you need to steal a candy bar. That's kind of a little bit strange, but it's clearly not about the candy bar. The family, along with the sharks, go on a business retreat at one point during this season. Logan has some specific instructions for Kendall, and one of them is stay clean. Okay, killer? Tell me all about this method of communication from an abuser. Abusers like to use dog whistle approaches where they're saying something in plain sight everyone can hear what they're saying but they're only speaking to one person they're using a coded language so when logan says killer anybody else in the room's thinking oh that's you know that's like calling your son tiger go get him tiger you know and and it's like a cute pet name but kendall knows what he means when he says killer and Logan's going to hold that over him using this dog whistle pet name of calling him killer. And that just always reminds Kendall, don't forget, I bailed you out. Don't forget, you're actually nothing without me. Don't forget, I could turn you in any time for murder. But anyone around would not be hearing the same thing. And that's why we call it a dog whistle. It's interesting, too, because that that name killer gets thrown a lot around during this show sometimes logan's like you're not a killer sometimes he's like okay killer and it's just interesting because he didn't kill that kid you know and, and that's something that's so interesting about kendall's relationship with his father is that kendall should feel guilt of course for what happened but he didn't kill that kid in fact he tried to save him you know uh, he was involved in the situation, of course, and maybe he made some poor choices, but death was not on the menu. You know, it wasn't something that his choices were directly going to relate to someone's death. So, um, you know, Logan mining this situation for as much guilt as possible is something I'm sure we can all relate to in our family dynamics. Yes, guilting 
is a very effective strategy. When we hold guilt over people, it's a great way to control them. So he's definitely using this as a way to control Kendall. And you're right. Overall, we could say that this was an accident, but there were legal ramifications for what happened. And that's essentially what Logan is saving him from um, is the legal aspects of what would have gone down as a result of the accident. And really, he wants to avoid himself being in the news. Logan doesn't want to have this blowback on him. So when he cleans up the mess that Kendall leaves behind, he's not doing it for Kendall. He's doing it for himself. But then he holds it over Kendall as if that he was doing it for him. The stock price is the most important thing, you know, no matter what. And uh, <laughs> so something they want to do to help the stock price is acquire another company, right? And this is the white whale of Logan's life. He's wanted to acquire this company, Pierce, which is another media company that does news, but they're kind of on the opposite end of things as far as the political spectrum. So um, Kendall and the whole family go to meet the Pierces. And he meets someone very interesting that plays a big role in his life going forward, Naomi. Naomi is Nan Pierce's niece and also spokesperson. You can tell that just like the Logan Roy family, um, Nan Pierce's family, the family members are also part of the company and part of decision making. And they're all sort of around when things are happening. And Naomi is there and she takes a liking to Kendall and Kendall seems to be drawn to her. For a moment, there's a conversation that indicates that she might also have a history of substance use disorder. Um, and so they make that connection that they're both supposed to be in recovery, even though it's very clear that they're not in recovery because that very night they find their helicopter. So he, I think they have cocaine there and they're drinking and they have a really great time and they hit it off. They bond through their using and through their trauma. She talks to him about how that when her mother died, that ATN ran a bunch of, I don't know, salacious headlines. I'm not sure, but it caused mental health problems for Naomi because of the way that ATN was presenting the story of her mother's death. She wound up um, wrecking a car and um, having suicidal ideation. So she shares this with him, like, basically, your dad's company wrecked me. The way that that was handled caused me to have all of these problems. So they kind of bond over their trauma, their hatred of his father, and their love of cocaine. So Kendall and Naomi party all night, right? And sometimes when you party a little too hard, you know, things might happen. Uh, you know, Mandy, Kendall leaves himself a little surprise in his bed, right? Kendall shits the bed. He shits the bed. He wakes up and he has shot the bed. <laughs> That's also a euphemism for fucking up, by the way. It is. The and <laughs> they have been fucking up. And the the deal that they were trying to put together there at uh, Turnhaven, which is Nan Pierce's estate, that it didn't go well overall. And essentially, they shot the bed there as well. Yeah, the whole family is like kind of auditioning to buy this company. And so it does it doesn't go well at all. And uh man, what a tremendous bunch of scenes. <laughs> I love that part of this of this season. It's so great. One of the other characters that they interact with there is Rhea. So tell me who is Rhea? Rhea works for Nan Pierce. 
So when we first meet her, she's at Turnhaven. She is helping to facilitate, negotiate. She's also at the corporate retreat that they go away in the woods to um, in season two. And that she starts, you know, sort of swimming in the circles alongside Logan Roy as he is maneuvering. Uh, so that's where we meet her first. Well, Logan takes a liking to her and he starts listening to what she has to say. And he asks her about what she thinks of each of his children in terms of their ability to be the CEO of Waystar Royco. And she gives him her honest opinion. What she says about Kendall is, it's like you put him in a big diaper and now he can shit himself whenever he likes. <laughs> she called that, didn't she? He just literally shot the bed. But essentially, Logan cleaning up his messes, you know, the accident happens, they cover that up. That's what she's saying is that he can basically do whatever he wants because you provide a big giant diaper for him and covering up all of his shit. Now, when you introduced Rhea to us, you mentioned that she is swimming in the same circles. Well, she's a shark for sure, right? I mean, she falls in that same category and she has a very motherly kind of like you know matriarchal kind of feel about her that makes me feel icky and i don't know if that's the same way you feel about her but like when i watch her it's like she thinks that she's manipulating all of these people including the pierces especially the pierces right but she's in there with the with the biggest shark of them all you know the killer shark that is logan roy <laughs> It's tremendous. And we will we will get further into what happens with Rhea in our episode about the group dynamics and the sharks. Because Rhea, much like the therapist in season one, does not know who she's dealing with. And she thinks she's really doing well, um, but it doesn't necessarily turn out well for her. We'll get to that in one of our later episodes. The family visits England in order to kind of jockey for position with their mother in this to help them with their whole proxy battle that they had going on. Um, so there is an awesome scene where Kendall is very emotional. He's just come from, you know, an emotional situation and he jumps into another one with a person that maybe you can be vulnerable around your mother. <laughs> yeah, you would think so, right? He wants to talk to his mom and he wants to tell her probably what he has been through recently. He wants to confess. He wants to get closer to her during this crisis. He's feeling vulnerable and he needs affection. He wants affirmation. He would love to have some parental love is really what he's looking for. And she shuts it down quickly. Uh, I don't want to, uh, let's not get into that tonight. Let's not, you know, like I, I, I've had a big day and let's just not get into it. In fact, this is something we should discuss over eggs in the morning, over breakfast. That's when we'll talk about it, okay? And then we have a good night's sleep and we'll have the conversation in the morning. And he buys that and thinks, okay, we'll do that in the morning then. Thanks, mom. But then he wakes up, comes down to breakfast, and mom has left a note saying that she had to go because she's very busy. And this is how they were raised. You know, this is their mother figure. And you said bullying her. I think the only person that can actually bully her is Logan, but... She, she's a tough cookie in herself. She's somebody that gets what she wants and she knows how to work things. We're gonna talk about her in the group dynamics episode and in a bonus episode where we talk about Shiv's wedding. So we'll talk about their mother for sure 
as being an origin story of a lot of the suffering that we see happening present day. Kendall has several meaningful relationships with women throughout the season. You know, we've talked about Naomi. We've talked about his mother. Uh, he also has a significant relationship as far as from our talking points with an actor. So Connor and Willa, remember Willa wants to put on her play. She's putting the play on. There's an actor in it, this very beautiful woman. And Kendall sees her and decides that he likes her and is going to pick her up like a toy and play with her for a little while. He love bombs her. They move very quickly. I think that she even stops going to work. At a certain point, Connor is saying to, to Kendall, yo, that girl needs to go back to work. They need her for the play, for Willa's play. And Kendall's like, oh, well, tough shit. She wants to hang out with me. Now, she doesn't know any better. She thinks, wow, this is actually happening. They shack up for the weekend. He's moving really quickly. He's love bombing hard. He really wants her to meet Logan. He's trying to get his dad's attention and impress his dad. But when she meets Logan, she says, awesome. That's awesome. Awesome. <laughs> and then when, they walk when she walks away, Logan says to Kendall something like, yeah, she's really awesome. And that's all, you know, he really maybe doesn't even have to say anything. You can mm -hmm. just see his face that he's like, why'd you bring her along? And what happens? Kendall immediately discards her. Immediately she is discarded. He even has Colin and enlists Colin, the head of security, to try to get her home and, you know, get her situated. But it's over. And it yeah. came and went really quickly. But that is a good example of a narcissistic relationship and how it starts is very quickly, very fast and also interrupting your life in a major way, not fitting with your life in a natural way, but interrupting your life. She's walking away from her job to spend time with him and he has no intention on this being serious. She's not fancy enough, but I don't know, maybe he's just feeling that need of, look at me, daddy, look at me, daddy. And this was one way to get his attention because his dad likes to chase women. I find this to be very similar to the, the petty theft thing. Uh, because it's another way for him to take control, you know. So uh, this relationship with um, the actor is clearly just about him controlling her and controlling Connor. So, you know, and Connor is like the, the whipping boy of the family sometimes where, you know, uh, Kendall's like, well, I can't control dad. I can't control Roman. Definitely can't control Shiv. So let me beat up on Connor a little bit and that'll make me feel better. The company is in trouble. They have been called in front of the Senate for Senate hearings. And the leader of these Senate hearings is Gil, the guy that Shiv used to work for that she quit and kind of like trash talked on the way out. But Kendall is amazing at these Senate hearings. Like, oh, how can you explain this? Kendall knows how to come to life when he needs to. We see this at the very beginning of the season when he goes on this roller coaster ride and is still able to pull it together and say the right thing when the camera comes on. Now think about being in a family like this. It is a requirement that you perform. Performance is everything. You have to act right. You have to know your role. You have to act accordingly. And if it has, if anything has been taught to these children, it's that you need to act right. And Kendall being sort of like the golden child-ish of the crew, even though he's not really, 
he's the older boy, even though Connor's <laughs> the older boy. I mean, it's very confusing, but within their roles, Kendall would be seen as the oldest sibling um, and would be tasked to be the more grown up one, the one who figures things out first. And so maybe his performance, his ability to perform on cue in that way has just been through the course of time, him needing to pull it together over and over again for that glossy photo that we talked about in that last, in our last episode. He knows how important the glossy is and he is actually a very smart man. He probably went to the best schools. He probably had the best of everything and has been around people that are world travelers, people that are educated, people that are accomplished and powerful. So he would have a lot of people around him to model after and to see like, what does it look like when someone's the smartest person in the room? What's it look like when someone's intimidating and how do they behave? And then modeling after that. But this shows that he is truly competent. He's capable, he's savvy, but he's really good at turning the tables. He's really good at flipping the script. He knows how to control the narrative. He knows how to manipulate. And that's what he does in this scene with Gil, where Gil is asking him the questions. They're the ones that are being questioned about their crimes. They're the <laughs> ones on trial, so to speak. And yet somehow, by the use of what we call DARVO, deny, attack, reverse victim and offender, Kendall has a way of turning this around and making it seem like that Gil is on a witch hunt coming after them because of his personal vendetta against Logan Roy. Do you think there's any truth to that, though? That's one of the ways that manipulative people are so successful is that their manipulations are always wrapped around morsels of truth. And that's what baits people into argument and debate is that there's something in there that is actually true. So Gil gets kind of ruffled in this moment. What Gil says to Kendall is, your cruises run for profit. Your news runs for profit. Is that any way to keep the lifeblood of democracy going by using news as your own personal ATM? Kendall says, I think you might be under a misunderstanding, Senator. In this country, all news from the Times to the supermarket tabloid is for profit, sir. We don't have a state media, as I'm sure you know. You'd need to go to China or Russia for that. <laughs> Woo, what's a good comeback? That's a really good comeback. He says to the Senator Gill, I'm very willing to talk to you in this, in this committee through your operations. Let's cut the BS, shall we? Because it seems to me that this investigation is not about proper oversight of the cruise industry codes and standards or some highly regrettable isolated incidents from nearly two decades ago. What this feels to me is about your personal dislike of my father and your ideo ideological hatred of his newspapers and his news channels. And in the particular success story, which is ATM, on which you've appeared, I think, 14 times in the last four months, Senator, that's nothing we can say will be enough. No groveling will be low enough. And as much as you like to accuse us of bias today, you're the one with the bias. So I say, go ahead, hit us as hard as you can. We can take it. We have nothing to hide. Again, Kendall, yes, awesome job. One of the final set pieces that we want to talk about where a lot of important stuff happens is this giant yacht. The family is, uh, you know, ordered to all go to the yacht with the sharks. And basically, Logan wants to isolate everyone so that he can manipulate them easier. easier. And 
One of the ways that he does that is by not allowing Naomi to join them. Now he's having to handle Kendall very carefully right now because he's trying to get Kendall positioned in a way. Normally he doesn't give a fuck what Kendall thinks about anything, but you'll notice that he's kind of, you know, handling him with kid gloves, just a hair. They do all go to the yacht. This is Logan's way of isolating everyone. He gets them, you know, he doesn't feed them. They're hungry even. Like, right, can we yeah. get some food? And he's like, this is important. We need to talk. <laughs> and he's extracting information by acting like he cares what everyone thinks, that he wants them to all weigh in on the situation. He's also putting them out at sea so that, you know, there's there's legalities of him being on his yacht at this moment. It's buying him time. It's doing a lot for him. Well, Kendall decides that he wants Naomi to come. He's been spending a lot of time with Naomi. Logan sees that Naomi's there. He does not trust Naomi at all. He knows that Naomi is kind of the enemy. So he tells Kendall that he doesn't approve, but the way that he goes about it is so manipulative. Logan approaches Kendall about Naomi being on the yacht and Kendall pleads his case saying that she's good for him, but Logan isn't stupid. He says, I just don't want you fucked on drugs and she's part of it, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, she is. They are doing drugs together. She's actually not healthy for him. So the morning comes and Naomi is getting kicked off the boat, essentially. She's leaving and she has a conversation with Kendall. Kendall knows that Naomi knows. This is important. Kendall knows that Naomi knows about his substance use problem. He knows that she knows that dad is an abuser. He also knows that she knows intimate information about their business and their family. So there's not a lot that he can get past her. And that might be one of the reasons why he thinks that she's good for him is because in a way she keeps him honest, as honest as he's capable of being because she can kind of see through him. But she wants to know, why don't we just, why don't we just leave? So she knows that Kendall's father is an abuser and Kendall knows that she knows. And what do we say when people start to call out the abuser? This is what Kendall says. Nay, he calls Naomi, nay for short. Nay, come on, like objectively, this is a crisis. I'm sorry, I am. He loves me, he, he does, he, he loves me. I think it's just the wrong kind of love expression. Naomi says, yeah, Ken, he loves the broken you. That's what he loves. And again, Kendall can't say anything because he can't deny it, he knows that what she's saying is true. After this whole situation with Naomi is resolved, uh, we have Kendall trying to blow off some steam and maybe try to, you know, rebuild some, uh, you know, synapses and stuff like that. You know, when you're recovering uh, from alcohol and drug abuse, it's very important to keep physical. Kendall is in the gym. He's working out. And his dad has just said, not be wasted, you know, and so here we see that Kendall's working out and then Logan comes in and seems like that, you know, he's just checking in on him, saying, you know, are we okay? Because he sees that Naomi is leaving. Don't forget, he's handling Kendall with kid gloves right now. He doesn't care what Kendall thinks or what Naomi thinks. He just needs Kendall to act right to get to the point where he's trying to get him to, which is to throw him under the bus <laughs> for all of the crimes. So he doesn't want him to get squirrely so he acts like he cares and he gives him just enough attention just enough love and concern to make kendall be submissive but it's just interesting to me that he 
wouldn't even give a crap at all about that Kendall's doing something healthy for himself right now. Just like when he was away in Iceland at the spa, he needed that time to get better. And now here he is working out in the gym and here comes Logan and he says, are we okay? <laughs> well, I, see, I see that I see Naomi's leaving. Why is that? And playing dumb, like, you know, that, that, well, that's not, I didn't mean to have her sent away, but really he told Kendall that she wasn't invited. No one asked me. I don't like it. You're just going to get wasted. So he's just doing what daddy says, sends her away. And now daddy's like, why'd you send her away? And this is what it's like to be around narcissistic, narcissistic abusers is that you think you're pleasing them. And then the next second, they're not pleased anymore, or you don't know what they want. You can't ever get it right. But then what does Kendall do? He says, yeah, well, you know, I told her that she was welcome, but you know, she's on a hair trigger. So he just falls in line with the narrative and acts like that. I don't know why Naomi's leaving. She just must be really touchy. She must be just hypersensitive. <laughs> and that that's why she left. It's not because of you, dad. You don't, we're good. We're good. That's the thing. He was like, are we okay? Like he's saying, yes, we're okay. She's the weirdo, not us. We're good, daddy. The next conversation that happens is Logan uses coded communication to tell Kendall that he is going to be the sacrifice that, uh, you know, is thrown up to basically, you know, die on the cross for ATN. This is his punishment. And the whole season we've seen Kendall, the corporate attack robot. But this is where everything changes, right? Don't forget what we talked about in the last episode from season one. The pattern is that you send the person away, discard them, and then you reel them back in. But then there's a punishment. Don't forget the punishment that will happen at some point in time. So we've seen Kendall get pushed out, get reeled back in, and he's being lulled right now into this sense of that he is still in his daddy's good graces. He still is daddy's number one, and that even he could still be the CEO, that dad's going to forgive him everything, and it's all going to be fine. And Logan is, you know, essentially sort of just lulling him into submission. Logan goes into this talk about how the Incas would sacrifice their children to the sun. This is a fictional triangulation move. This is when you pull in a third party of some sort and create a story that then manipulates or influences someone else. So an example of that would be, if I was going to fictionally triangulate you, Andrew, I would say, you know, I was talking to mom the other day and mom said, that she thinks that your cooking is terrible. Then you go and you say to mom, mom, Mandy says you hate my cooking. And she goes, I have never said that. And I would never say that. <laughs> I, I love your cooking, you cook great. So that's me making up a story, bringing in a third party um, to use as an example to influence someone else who's listening, but it's not real. None of it actually happened regular old triangulation is where you bring in an actual third party who does have a voice. Um, I could say, will you come over to mom's with me and we can confront her about how she is pitting us against each other. Like that's us triangulating. I'm bringing you in. We're going to have a talk, the three of us, or we're going to use that triangulation to communicate with each other or to navigate each other. Or we could come up with a completely fictional scenario 
this is what Logan is doing. He's telling a story and Kendall is picking up on this. He's starting to recognize some things within his dad's communications that indicate that Kendall is going to be the one that gets thrown under the bus for all of the crew's crimes. And this will be the punishment. This is when Kendall asks his father the question. He does. He asks the question, which is, did you ever think that I could do it? Be CEO? He's was it ever real? Right. Was any of it ever real? Exactly. Was any of this ever real? This is the question that survivors ask when they are finally out of it is, was any of the relationship ever real? Did the person actually really love me? Was that magical time and all the things we did, did it mean nothing to this person? And that's really what Kendall is asking his father. Was it ever real? Did you ever mean it that I could be CEO? And Logan says, oh, I don't know, maybe. But Kendall wants his father to be honest with him. He really wants to know what his father thinks. He says, you're not a killer. You have to be a killer. But maybe nowadays, I don't know, maybe you don't. I don't know. Now, you mentioned before about killer and how that means different things. Mm -hmm. So when he's saying, hey, killer, he's saying it in a facetious, passive-aggressive, sarcastic way. It has a double meaning. Not only is it a dog whistle, but it's a put down. He's saying, you don't have the balls. You didn't, you're not a killer. It was an accident. That, that wasn't you that did that. You're not a killer. You don't have it in you. So Kendall starts to say, well, maybe I deserve it after all. You know, he's, he's basically saying, I hear you. I'm going to be thrown under the bus. Maybe I deserve it because of the killing mm -hmm. that happened. And Logan says, oh, no, 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 no. That was an NRPI, not a real person involved. You don't need to worry about that. It's nothing. Kendall wants his dad's affection so bad. This is like one of those moments where it's a moment of affection, but it's almost like a goodbye kiss kind of thing. You know, there's a moment where he wants to kiss his dad or hug his dad. He kisses his dad on the cheek, but something has shifted in Kendall at this point. He's figured something out and he realizes that things aren't going to go the way he thought that they were. In the Bible, the Roman soldiers are tell Judas to kiss the man to identify who Jesus is among the group. And that's where the, the term Judas kiss comes from. Um, so this is the Judas kiss from uh, Kendall right here because this whole season is leading up to this one amazing moment, maybe one of the best moments in the entire show, if not the best. Kendall holds a press conference where he is planning on taking responsibility for all the cruise stuff. But what happens, Mandy? He does a vicious takedown of his father. The way that he says it is perfect. The way that he closes things out is that he calls his father a bully. He says his father is a liar and that there's no way that his dad would not have known what was going on. It was pretty impressive how he turned things around, going from being the whipping boy to now he's taking a shot at the king. I love how early in the season, the seeds of this are planted. And it's when we see him defend Logan in front of the Senate. We know he can do this stuff. We know, you know from those moments how impressive he can be. And in this press conference, he is extremely impressive. And everything he says, if not is it's if it's not true, it's pretty close to the truth. And 
the reaction from Logan is fascinating. It falls in line with other moments where normally someone would be concerned or disappointed about the behavior, but instead Logan is kind of impressed by it. And don't forget the quote from Roman at the beginning of season one, when Roman says to Kendall, when they're attempting their first takeover that we see, he says, the only way he will respect you is if you try to destroy him because in his in your position, that's what he would do. That's exactly what's happening right here in this moment is Kendall is taking a shot at him because that's what he would do because that's what Logan's doing. He's trying to take a shot at Kendall. He's trying to throw Kendall under the bus and instead Kendall takes a shot at him. So he shushes Roman as he's listening to Kendall and then you see him crack a smile. He's proud of his son. Kendall had quite a journey in season two. It was a blast to talk about it. Um, and we've talked a lot of, uh, you know, fun things and, 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 you know, some serious things. But we have to leave you with something that's probably the most serious thing from uh, the entire series. And uh, what we're going to leave you with today is uh, Mandy's going to uh, bless us with a dramatic reading of part of Kendall's rap to his father. One ratings, 80K wine, never going to stop, baby, fuck father time. Bro, don't get it twisted. I've been through hell, but since I stand dad, I'm alive and well. Shaper of views, creator of news, father of many, paid all his dues. So don't try to run your mouth at the king. Just pucker up, bitch, and go kiss the ring. All right, that was a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, we will be returning for our next episode talking about Siobhan in season two of HBO's Succession. Thank you for watching or listening. Goodbye. This has been HBO's Succession, an analysis of a toxic family system.